As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Well, welcome back to Straight from the Source. I'm Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. A big, big thrill for me today as I sit down with Mark Roberge and Jerry DePizzo of OAR and the Grammy-nominated guitarist and songwriter from the Twin Cities. He played his youth hockey here at the Twin Cities. Now is just an incredible musician. Uh, Corey Wong joins me on this week's edition from Straight from the Source. And if you listen to last week's edition from Straight from the Source, you know that I sat down with Andrew Height, the Wilds t- Director of Team Relations, to talk about the new alumni association that the team has just launched and the first big event is july 7th and 8th with uh mark jerry and Corey, and they'll be hosting it and it is just going to be an amazing thing for 300 you get access to three big events by going to wild.com slash crazy game you get on july 7th uh tickets to a behind-the-scenes VIP event at the Pandagius Theater. There's going to be stand-up comedy, a bunch of music, a red carpet uh, entrance, uh, live and silent auctions, food and beverages. That's on July 7th. And on July 8th, they have a great uh, celebrity hockey game between uh, OAR and Corey Wong and a bunch of other musicians, hockey players, current and old, um, actors, um, again, uh, uh, stand-ups, all sorts of people over at Tree Rink. That's at 12.30 and then everything wraps up on July 8th at night at the Legendary Armory where there'll be two full sets, one of OAR, the other of Corey Wong. Um, and for $300, you get access to all three things. And uh, to me, that's incredible value uh, to see a celebrity hockey game, a VIP event, and then you get to actually go to a um, giant concert at the Armory. 
um, it, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, so hopefully everybody checks out that and checks out this podcast where again, it was, uh, it was cool just sitting down with them to talk about their love of hockey, their love of the wild, but also about uh, music in general. And again, everybody knows how big of an OAR fan. And <laughs> I've been listening to Corey Wong constantly here and Corey is man. He is an entertaining, uh, very, very smart, talented guy lives here in the Twin cities, played his youth hockey here. Um, and then realized right away, as he says on this podcast, that his body was m- probably better tuned to be a musician than a, than a hockey player. So everybody listen uh, to that and hopefully enjoy this podcast as well. Um, so the Wild, uh, you know, continued on a roll, had a big win in Colorado the other day behind an incredible goaltending performance by Philip Gustafson, especially in the third period. And then uh, definitely had an emotional letdown uh, in Vegas on Saturday night where they just seemed flat for the most part, um, maybe in part because of the letdown after the big emotional win against Colorado. But uh, there's no doubt of uh, three nights in Vegas, they flew in after the game in Denver, obviously players without a practice the next day, um, you know, clearly uh, enjoyed Vegas, uh, enjoyed it the next day. And, uh, and then a third night there, and then they actually spent a fourth night there after the game that they lost 4-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights. They spent the night over again, so a fourth night in Vegas, and then they come home on Sunday to host the Vegas Golden Knights on Monday. And despite this team being 16-2-4, and in its last 22 games, um, they, uh, they, as much as they have won, the other teams behind them, Colorado and Dallas, keep winning as well. And they can't gain, gain any separation. Vegas, even though they have not played great lately by any stretch of the imagination um, in this wide open conference in a league where, you know, there's been a lot of up and down play by a lot of teams, good and bad. Um, they continue to get points and look like they're in the driver's seat to potentially win the conference. So that was a big loss uh, by the Wild on Saturday night, but maybe they can reduce themselves get those points back on Monday at home and then play the final five games of the regular season where they go to Pittsburgh, come home against St. Louis, um, go to Chicago, come home against Winnipeg, and then end the season in Nashville. A um, couple big stories brewing. Uh, one, Kirill Kaprizov, uh, sources say, will skate for the first time today, meaning Monday, uh, with Andy Ness before the Wild uh, have their morning skate against the Vegas Golden Knights. And what does that mean? Well, uh, if you read our insider that I wrote today with Joe Smith, um, we talk about what this could potentially mean. And the big concern that we have is the practice time that is already in the schedule, the lack of it, and when Kirill Kaprizov is going to be able to actually skate with the team. Now, there are morning skates that are going to be, uh, there. there'll be four of them. He's obviously not taking part in the one Monday, so that leaves three to go. Um, there's only three scheduled practices left the rest of the year, Wednesday, Friday, and then April 12th before the Wilds regular season finale in Nashville, and that would be a practice that most likely in normal situations would be canceled because the Wild are coming off it's three and four and they're coming off home road back-to-backs or road home back-to-backs in Chicago home against Winnipeg for their regular season home finale before going to Nashville. Normally they'd cancel that. They might have to keep that on to give Kirill Kaprizov a practice uh, before the end of the regular season if there's a chance that he's going to play against either the Jets the night before or, uh, uh, which I think is unlikely if he doesn't practice, um, or the game in Nashville if he wants to play in that game as a final tune-up before the playoffs. Uh, uh, the playoffs, then the Wild would take Saturday off. They have practice on Sunday, and then depending on when the Wild open the playoffs, um, maybe they, they, Krill would get another practice in between the regular season and the playoffs, but right now the playoffs are supposed to start that Monday. Now, again, we don't know when the Wild will have their first game, so, uh, you know, in, in a normal situation, you'd almost want to start right away 
in this situation, it might be better to start Tuesday or Wednesday, game one of the playoffs, to give Carell two or three practices after the regular season if he doesn't come back, or even if he does come back for that regular season finale. Um, but with the two practices this week, Wednesday and Friday, it would seem unlikely after a month away, four weeks is Wednesday, that he would just be progressed to the point after one skate or two skates to play to practice with the team. So we're thinking that he's going to have to take part in morning skates, maybe if they don't cancel the April 12th practice, practice there. Um, but most likely, it's starting to look, even though Bill Guerin says that the hope is to have him play in the uh, the final week of the regular season, it just feels with the lack of practice time that unless Kirill insists on playing against Nashville, let's say, um, or the home game against Winnipeg without even a practice, which seems unlikely, that game one of the playoffs could be his first game back. But we'll see. Um, again, I've said this a number of times. Uh, the question is, how does he look and feel? You know, Jared Spurgeon in 2018, I believe, had a very similar injury. He was hurt on March 13th, uh, started the playoffs April 11th, and looked like in that five-game series against Winnipeg that he was uh, uncomfortable and limited. Um, this time, Kirill Kaprizov was hurt March 8th, so five days before um, Jared Spurgeon, and the game one of the playoffs, as soon as it could be, is April 17th. So that would be uh, basically six days after Spurgeon uh, came back. So that's 11 days extra of healing that, that Kirill Kaprizov will have than Spurgeon, and that could be big. Um, so we'll see. The other really unfortunate news is Mason Shaw. Um, as of me recording the open of this podcast on Sunday, they haven't given us an update. Um, the team actually spent the night in Vegas and we're flying home today and he's supposed to be evaluated on Monday. So there's a chance that we don't get an update on Sunday and that Monday um, he'll they'll confirm what they probably already know. Um, if this is an ACL, I think they know by now. I mean, I've I've talked to enough enough uh, surgeons over the years about ACLs that you could uh, pretty much an orthopedic surgeon um, and the Wilds orthopedist was the team doctor on this trip. Joe Boyd can pretty much put his hand right there on the knee and know right now if the ACL is gone. And Curl, uh, Mason Shaw has had three before. Um, if this is a fourth, um, it would be unbelievably unfortunate for a kid that's worked his butt off to get to the point where he was able to have a really quality rookie year for the Wild. Um, just an energy bud. There was a, a, just a downtrodden feeling in the Wild's locker room after the game last night because everybody feels for just this kid and all the work that he's put through here. Um, but the reason why I'm just concerned that it is a fourth is just look at Mason on the ice uh, in that game. He just looked to me like somebody that um, knew what his injury was and looked demoralized and, and beaten down. So um, all the best to Mason. We'll get the, um, we'll get the, uh, the, you know, report here Monday or Tuesday, most likely on what it is. Um, if he's done for the year, I got to think the wild will just announce that rather than be, um, you know, a lot of times they're vague with injuries and timelines and things like that. Um, but really unfortunate. And Joe and I did a story the other day about what the wild, uh, um, lineup could look if they're healthy in the game one of the playoffs with Kaprizov and Nyquist back. And we ended the story by basically saying, look, this is hockey players get hurt. So this is way premature. And that, you know, we'll, we'll see what the team looks like game one of the playoffs. And here we are. Mason Shaw looks like his playoffs are in uh, clear jeopardy. And so what that means is you have Sam Steele here, obviously in the minors, you get Sammy Water Walker, Adam Beckman, uh, Marco Rossi is a different position and not a fourth liner. Um, but, uh, the, you know, when Nyquist comes back, this now means that where before it looked like Shaw and Sunquist or Reeves could be out of the lineup to start game one of the playoffs. Now that would only mean one of the the two, uh, one of those three uh, uh, would be out uh, because if Shaw's already out, um, it obviously hurts things. So. 
Um, really unfortunate. Just feel terrible for Mason Shaw. How about Matt Boldy? He continues to be on fire. 12 goals in his last 11 games. Um, hopefully, everybody read the really cool piece that Joe wrote on uh, on him the other day. It was just uh, really terrific where Joe, all year long, has been talking to players um, about about Matt Boldy and banked it for this very uh, timing, and it worked out well uh, for a really cool story. So hopefully, everybody read that. Um, again, final uh, six games of the season. They're big. If the Wild want to win the conference or the division, they got it. They, they got it pretty much the way that Dallas and Colorado are playing. You almost got to win out at this point, but we'll see. They've got the harder the three schedules between Colorado and Dallas as well. Um, you know, again, playing Vegas, Golden Knights, the conference leaders, going to Pittsburgh, who is absolutely fighting for their lives in the Eastern Conference. Then they go to Chicago. Then they come home for their their regular season home finale against uh, Winnipeg Jets, who are fighting for their lives to make the playoffs and then end in Nashville where they're, they're you know, also in that chase for the eighth spot. So we'll see if that game means something for them. If I'm the wild in that game, unless Kaprizov insists on playing, I don't play really anybody of substance with all these, uh, all these players around all these, uh, in, you know, extra bodies around um, because that's a game. That's a team where for some reason in that building, the wild don't play well and they often get somebody hurt. So I wouldn't play, Anybody like the Spurgeons, the Zuccarellos. I mean, frankly, I wouldn't play Kaprizov, but we'll see. He might insist on if he's allowed to play medically clear and of just getting that final tune-up game before the playoffs. So we'll see. Um, but without further ado, just a really fun podcast with Mark Roberge and Jerry DePizzo of OAR and Corey Wong as well. But first, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, as mentioned, uh, really happy to be joined by Mark Roberge, Jerry DePizzo, and Corey Wong. Mark and uh, Jerry from the awesome band OAR. And Corey, we know you here from the Twin Cities, former hockey player as well. Uh, we talked at the press conference today that you played hockey against David Backus and, and all this stuff. Tell us about your hockey acumen. Former hockey great, Corey yeah. Wong. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, the story is not that long because like I was saying earlier, <laughs> somebody of my stature is better off in the music industry. <laughs> and I played a lot of hockey growing up. And actually, I didn't realize for the longest time that not everybody has that experience because I grew up in Minnesota and I'm mm -hmm. like, it's like, of course, everybody knows how to skate. So I played hockey growing up, East River hockey. I grew up in Fridley, so... I played against a lot of great teams, a lot of not great teams, but like you mentioned, Bacchus was one who lived the city next to us in Spring Lake Park, and it was very clear early on that he should go into hockey and I should go into music, uh, but I did play quite a bit, and uh, it's still been a part of my life. My family is a hockey family, and I put out a video a year ago of me playing 
music on an ice rink actually at the Charles Schultz arena over in Highland park and did a whole performance on the ice. And in that process, I learned, Oh yeah, not everybody grew up ice skating. I didn't know that my band couldn't all ice skate. Like, what do you, what do you mean? You don't know how to play hockey. Like, didn't you play it? Didn't you like do it in middle school and stuff like at the rink outside the school or like, what do you mean rink outside the school? So, uh, that happened. And then, all of the other hockey playing musicians came out of the woodwork and said that they enjoyed my video. Mark and I shared a connection with that. So that's why this whole thing even started off in general. Yeah. I was telling you guys, Mark and Cherry, that I've, I've probably seen you guys play about 10 different times. And I've also watched a couple of your documentaries, uh, the road to MSG and some of the home videos. And I know you guys are hockey guys. And, uh, I got to meet you, uh, you and Richard, when you came to, uh, XLG center, I think in 2016, you jammed with Zach Delpy, who played for the wild at the time. You drew him an awesome, like, like almost drawing on his guitar as well. Um, how did you get you and Jerry get into, into hockey and, and all that? Well, for me, it was meeting hockey players um, was the greatest because I realized every person that I was meeting along the way, whether it was, you know, we played the All-Star game, for instance, Mm and, you know, we're playing our show and it's a little nerve wracking. You're on the ice, you know, you're on TV and you're playing for an audience that's there for a hockey game, not a concert. But then Rick Nash skated out and he took a knee and he watched our set and from that point on, every hockey player that I met seemed to have such a good head on their shoulders, had been through so much to get to where they were. I just thought, oh, that's that's our life. Like, our li- I, just, I don't know about other bands, but for us, it's been a grind. And it's, and it's something that has given us everything in the world, but we had to earn it. And I saw that with all the hockey players. Mm-hmm. So that was our first just sort of... Um, window into the world of hockey, professional hockey. As far as growing up, just going to every Caps game with my dad was the greatest. I mean, Tuesday nights, he'd take me to games at the Caps Center and other kids were home sleeping. And I thought that was the greatest. And I always wanted to be part of that world, but I grew up wrestling and I grew up, you know, in a serious, when you're wrestling seriously, you don't do other sports, mm-hmm. but I always went out there, hockey kids, man. They're wow, look how <laughs> cool they are. And then in high school, hockey kids are even cooler in the college. They're the coolest. So we just always thought, hey, one day I'm going to get out there and this is that day. (laughs) (laughs) And you, uh, uh, like Dalpy played for the, uh, played for Ohio State. He's played for the Blue Jackets. You live in Columbus, Uh, went to Ohio State, all that. I mean, uh, are you a Blue Jackets fan? Absolutely. Uh, I imagine very much like uh, the Wild here in Minneapolis, uh, the Blue Jackets are such a a great part of Columbus culture in that in-game experience uh, for the audience is just awesome. Mm -hmm. So it's just really kinetic, ton of energy, and uh, just great for the city. Yep. Corey and Mark are going to be playing a set tonight at XL Energy Center. This pod actually be coming out in a, in a, in about a week. Um, you know, how much like this project that you're doing with the wild, uh, where, did, how did this all start? I know you're, you guys are friends with Andrew Height. Um, and the way that I understand it is that you, that Mark and Corey, you were, uh, in a recording studio in, in New York city when this sort of all transpired where you were going to be involved in this collaboration. Yeah, I'll kick it off. And then Mark and, can uh, take it to how we've gotten to here. But basically, Mark and I were writing a tune together. We were recording a song together. And he said, man, that hockey video you did was so cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, do you play? Blah, 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 this and that. We got talking. I was like, man, I just think it'd be so fun to 
find a way to combine music and sports. It's just such a fun concept. And he said, you know what? I think I know the cat. I think I know <laughs> the guy. And he happens to live where you live. And I'll let Mark explain it from there. That was exactly how it went down. Uh-huh. I mean, we were sitting there and Corey just saying, you know, wouldn't it be great? What if? And I said, oh, I think I'm going to text Andrew right now. And I, I texted Andrew and by the time I was in my cab on the way home and you were on your way to your set or to hotel, we had this idea bubbling because Andrew and I had been talking for years about doing something together, but never really had that catalyst that it would be not just meaningful, but, you know, meaningful for the community. We, we always, and again, Corey and I were talking about doing projects in music that you are all in on. Not passively being involved with something and then bouncing around from subject to subject. We found the value in being all in on a project and it runs its course and then you're ready to do something else. And that's where we all had the same mindset. We wanted to do something for Minneapolis, Minnesota and the hockey community. But Andrew had the real reason was, listen, I'm building this alumni and we need a kickoff moment. Yeah. And that kickoff moment is going to give us the energy to continue this for two, three years until we end up at that 25th anniversary when it's really going to be a celebration. Yep. So we're in the long haul of something that we find incredibly enjoy. It's just something to be enjoyed, playing hockey, family event, and music, something we know really well. It's just a no-brainer. But Andrew was the the actual um, the catalyst to, to make it so. Yeah. And again, uh, as I mentioned on the Open, July 7th and 8th is the uh, three-pronged charity event where it's going to be the July 7th at night. It's going to be at the Pantages Theater. Um, it's going to be a VIP event, red carpet event, hosted by Corey and Mark with uh, stand-up comics and all sorts of musicians and things like that. Food, drinks, silent auction, live auction. Then I know what you're looking forward to the most is the hockey game. I'm looking forward to the concert, by the way. Uh, the hockey game uh, is at uh, Trier Rink, 12.30 p.m. on July 8th. And a ton of players that we're going to talk about in a second. Because I know one player that... Uh, that Corey is probably going to draft and uh, put on his team. <laughs> I know that for a fact. And then July, uh, also 8th at night at the Armory. I just saw Trampled by Turtles there. Trampled, by the way, is the open and closing of this podcast. Uh, they, oh, their songs, nice. they donated yeah. donated uh, the music to this podcast. Um, but that is going to be both Corey Wong and OAR, two uh, full sets at the Armory with guests and everything. I absolutely can't wait for that. But Corey, I know, I mean, the, the list of alumni that's already committed to being in this celebrity hospital hockey game is is vast it's gonna be two teams team oar team Corey wong uh three periods you're gonna have a four-round draft and <laughs> yeah your yeah. hero is yeah. already committed to yeah. playing this game we're we're doing four rounds of drafting we've got a lot of players a lot of comedians and musicians and actors already dialed up chefs and <laughs> such it's it's andrew it's, zimmer yeah. yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be uh for a lack of better term it's going to be wild and <laughs> of the four rounds of draft, I'm going to do my hardest to get Madonna. <laughs> and I just saw Mark say to somebody else that he's trying to get Madonna. <laughs> uh, I don't know what kind of coin toss or what kind of salary cap we're going to have to put on this thing <laughs> to make sure that, uh, that I can, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there might be a cap of favors. There might be a, maybe I'll give him more picks in the first round. If, if that's, you know, we might have to work out something, but yeah. I met Madonna when I was six years old. I met him when I was nine years old. Uh, I've, I've looked up to him 
longer than Mark has. So I, you know, there's there's something that maybe you know. Yeah, I, I, I think he ends up on Corey's team. I'm just giving him a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no doubt. He's just, would, try, he's just trying to wager the draft. Yeah. It would be so tragic if you took Madonna and just. Oh, it wouldn't be. What a what a move that was. Terrible, slimy move. I would never. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm looking. The draft is what I'm looking yeah. forward to yeah. so much. Yeah. I mean, having if you guys out there go see Corey Wong play live. Look at the videos. A the hockey video that he played, which is how I kind I had known. Corey, mm-hmm. um, we've have musicians that play that we know, both bands and all that fun stuff. But I was floored when I saw this, and yeah. then I see his press conferences that he puts on at shows. Yeah, and I was floored. So I'm excited for that process because I think it's just gonna be a yeah. lot of fun. This is not just a a one day thing. Like this is a, a four month prep. Yep. I promised Andrew I wouldn't geek out totally about music, but but you know, it's funny that you guys were saying at the press conference today that like it's like hockey players or athletes want to be musicians, musicians want to be um you know, athletes. And and it's funny because I've been a long-time sports writer in radio and TV and things like that, but I I don't get uh I don't get like rattled at all by athletes, but I just love talking to musicians and meeting musicians, love music. And I'm always uh, like the, like one thing I'm always struck by is bands like yours, especially you get to play festivals. You get to play places like Madison square garden, red rocks, armory, just some of the places I've seen you guys. What, what is it like going from different venue to different venue? Like to change your mindset from, you know, I, I just looking at Jerry here, I'm thinking of the Madison square garden show. Would you just pull out that sax? And it just was, absolutely insane in that in that building like what is it like changing venues and sort of changing that mindset and the type of shows that you have you know i i think anyone who's been doing this at the level of touring Mm -hmm. um for you know 10 20 years or whatever it is you go through phases just like childhood you know right you're awestruck at first oh my god this is red rocks oh my god this and and then you get in some weird autopilot mode and the trick is to get out of that autopilot mode as quickly as humanly possible because that will end careers because that's what i I personally think that um you're phoning it in i I don't want to see a show with someone phoning it in ever Mm -hmm. so for me it was like i remember getting in that autopilot mode of just band guy on the road all year and then getting right out of it and getting back into awestruck the only way that we've continued to do this and enjoy it and be away from your families is to actually have wonderment and actually give a crap Mm -hmm. about the venue you're in and care about all of the things. So when you're asking about venues, it's easy to go, well, Red Rocks is great, the garden is great, but there's hundreds and thousands of places that have special parts of them. I always think of it as stairwells and hallways. Like I know every stairwell and every hallway and every vendor in America where I've tried to get quiet to call my wife. Mm-hmm. And those are the moments where I really notice and you take those trips around. So yeah. for me, I just like, it's about wonderment and keeping that alive yeah. and losing that, any sort of phoning it in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we were talking on the way here also about different hockey players that either have it in them or don't have it in them to kind of dial it back in a casual game mm-hmm. or some people that just have that killer instinct, that assassin mindset at all times. Yeah. And that actually is totally me in music and it works in my favor because of the thing that Mark's talking about where we can be playing some festival you've never heard of in the middle of nowhere and people are stoked to be there, but you kind of like had a weird day 
getting there. You had to wake up at 5.30, fly yeah. there, take a weird shuttle there. It smelled bad. And like, it's like not the ideal situation. But as soon as I get out there, there is something in my brain that, that says, okay, this is the craft that you've dedicated your life to. This is the thing that you have worked your whole life to be this good at and to be the best at your thing. There's other people who are amazing. Like you have your voice. It's an art, of course, you know, so it's not like, oh, this is the best or second best guitar player because there's no stats like that in music, yeah. right? So in music and art, you just want to be the best version of yourself. And if you have a unique voice, you can do something that really showcases your fingerprint. And I think if you have that mindset, it's like those players that go in. It's just like, I, I am here to win because this is what I've yeah. trained myself to do. And in music, it's it's the sort of thing where I respect the craft enough. I respect what I do enough, the art form itself. And then also just the, the type of gathering that brings people together to see live music. There's something about that that I, I think we have to acknowledge being special every time, whether it be playing the garden, whether it be playing mm -hmm. Red Rocks, whether it be playing somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Idaho, or seeming to you middle of nowhere, Idaho, doesn't matter every game or like every every show should feel like a Stanley Cup playoff game. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's important for bands to realize because, yeah. you know, for you, it's every night, every night, every night. But for that person in the crowd, it might be that one yeah, show. Yeah, it's the only time they're going to see live. Maybe. Exactly. Jerry, is there a, uh, I've, uh, I've only been backstage to maybe like eight or nine different concerts, but uh, like, is there a cooler backstage than Red Rocks, uh, like downstairs in the rocks? Like, uh, That's it, pretty classy yeah. over there. Yeah. 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 I mean, no matter who you are, whether you're the biggest artist in the world or the the one that's just fresh and green and, and starting out, you're still walking through the back door next to the dumpsters. Okay, the the the, the, yeah. the entrance and the exit is the ex exact same, regards regardless of your stature. Um, you know, we just you know, like the boys say, you know, you just go out there and give everything you can at it. And every once in a while, you're fortunate that uh, there's some nice amenities. But I would say most <laughs> venues look better with the lights off than they do with the lights yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you say that because I, I just was thinking of a classic place right now that, like, I couldn't believe actually how gross it was backstage. So people don't realize it's not it's not like being on, like, probably Colbert, right, uh, yeah. Corey? Is, like, what's the green rooms like on, uh, on, on TV? Probably like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, they're actually very similar to what we're here at. at uh, yeah, KSTP. At KSTP. It's yep. kind of smaller green rooms that are there for, you know, somebody to just kind of hole up in yep. for a day. And they were the, renovated in the 80s. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've gone through different phases of renovation, but um, uh, different TV shows have different levels of, green rooms but i think in general they're just good clean simple green yeah. rooms that have just kind of the basics of what you need and if somebody does have serious needs they would have probably communicated it ahead of time <laughs> and hopefully yeah. it, would, it would arrive but i'm pretty low yeah. maintenance so um mark the you know i'm uh, you mentioned grinding and 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 you know it's the same with athletes it's like there's incredibly talented players that never make it and i go to nashville all the time with the wild I go to all these live venues and there's so much talent there and they're, you know, having to play a bar in Nashville uh, and just praying that somebody's going to see them. How, like, 
how do you grind to get to the point where you're going to make it? And sometimes do you feel like it, like you're lucky, like that, that, that the, you made the right turn, you know, the old Dave Matthews song. And what if I took a left turn instead of a right, you know, do, do you feel like sometimes like you're really lucky to get to this point? Yeah. I mean, do you experience numerous um, uh, uh, moments of luck? Mm -hmm. But the difference is, is that no one's coming to you and going, <clears throat> here's your break. And we're going to give you all this money and you're going to go. It's like you have to be ready for those breaks. So they could come to you. And if you're not ready, if you hadn't done 150 nights at the whatever or, or <laughs> gr done the grind, you're not going to be able to take advantage of that luck. So it's not going to happen for you. It's not. It, it's I look at it like this. If you're out there doing your gig and you don't appreciate being, being there and you're not have appreciation and respect for the craft, you're disrespecting every single person who does what you do who isn't able to do that venue mm -hmm. or that gig. So yeah, there were a hundred lucky breaks, um, but we were ready for all of them mm -hmm. and we were preparing for those lucky breaks just so that when someone came along with an idea, you were ready to deliver. Right. The version of delivering w w has changed. I mean, when we started, we weren't capable of delivering highest level of X, Y, and Z. We had to get better and better. We weren't born musicians. We practiced and practiced. And, pra and I think that through that practice and through that regimented just appreciation of what it is, you've earned it when someone comes with something. You know, there's you try to avoid the self-hate, try to avoid the, oh, I'm not good enough for this break. It's like, work hard so that when it comes, mm -hmm. you can appreciate it, take it, and you're not disrespecting the dude who did work hard. Right. Like in hockey, I'm assuming, you know, the people that work the hardest and, and have natural talent are going to go a long way. Now, if you don't have, if you just have one of them, it's going to be hard. But the guy who works, 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 he can probably break through. Music is not like that. You know, you just have to, you have to do all the basics just to, just to show your stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, yeah, it does. It's similar to, to yeah. pro athletics yeah. in that sense. And you, it's, Corey. Oh yeah. I think the other thing about it, like you're saying, you go to Nashville, there's so many incredibly talented musicians. The other thing about music that's so different. And a lot of people say, oh, there's a nuanced difference, but I think there's a very vast difference when you compare art forms like music to to athletics in there can be very amazing musicians that are out there that it would be equivalent to somebody who just can just has a thousand batting average or something mm -hmm. and that's the thing that matters in sports is like those stats matter it's like oh yeah this person is a very good athlete at this thing they're always scoring goals mm -hmm. or nobody scores goals on this goalie or Every time this player gets up to bat, they get on base. Those things matter where, and if they have kind of a unique way of swinging the bat mm -hmm. or a really kind of unique way of holding their stick or positioning or stance or whatever, like doesn't matter. But in music, you can be very good, but kind of it's expected that everybody's good now. Nowadays, the reason why a lot of people don't stand out is because they actually don't do it in a unique way. Mm -hmm. Where I think in a lot of ways, you need to have something compelling and unique to stand out, especially in today's day and age. There's so much noise on the internet. There's so much noise around us that's being thrown at us. So when it comes to art, it's expected that you are able to put up the numbers. But 
can you do it in a way that feels compelling and unique in a way that nobody else is doing it? Right. Makes sense. Um, last geeky question here. Uh, songwriting process. I was, I was just telling Jerry, I'm friends with Eric Hutchinson, who opened for you guys here in Prior Lake a couple of years ago. Um, and I was talking to him about this fairly recently at a bar in New York City about just songwriting process and how you start. Like, I mean, do you start with the lyrics? Do you start with the melody? Sometimes when I'm writing an article, I'll actually plug in quotes and write around that. You know, I mean, it's it's always different when you're writing an article compared to other things. Well, how do you guys go about uh, beginning the songwriting process? For myself, I could go from anywhere. I am such a rhythm section junkie that mm -hmm. I start a lot of time from grooves or chord progressions or feelings and then write around those. But I'll, I'll maybe start with a theme or an idea. Well, I, I want to write in this. I want to paint this sort of picture. Let me set up the backdrop first and then the main subject. Mm -hmm. You know, and then sometimes it will be, oh, here's this lyrical concept. Let's explore this. Let's paint the main focus and then the background afterwards. But I typically, just because I'm such a rhythm section player and that's my background and what I love doing the most, I will typically start with the background, the landscape, and then try to find the main subject in the middle. Yep. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I mean... The the variety, you know, it's just some days it'll be, uh, if, if I can just think of one good lyric, you know, since I'm young, I have certain lyric turnarounds or ideas that have just always been there. I just haven't written that song yet. So mm -hmm. it's like, I have a couple ideas. Maybe today's the day I grab that one clever line I like, and that's the forefront. And then I build the background around, around it. But to Corey's point, other times, Jerry will send me something like he just sent me, it was just, it's an <laughs> instrumental. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now I get to just write melody and lyric. I don't have to think about. So it's different every time. It depends who you're working with. It depends what's inspiring. Look, I'll see somebody in the street doing something and I'm, I'm, I'm in on that story. Mm -hmm. And that's my story for the day. Yeah. So it varies, you know, um, inspiration comes in so many different, again, same thing. Just be ready. You know, so you gotta get inspired. I like to go to the studio and finish what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. I can't get I can't get distracted by other things, and that's the sacrifice where that comes in. Yeah, Maybe like, well, if I gotta write this song all day, well, then I can't go to Billy's soccer practice. Right, I don't have a kid named Billy. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like you just have to um, follow yeah. to your point. Follow the inspiration yeah. and be able to finish. That's the songwriting yeah. tip of the day is finish what you're doing. Because yeah. so many songwriters, me included, are victims of 80 percenters. Yeah. It was a really good song, but it's not done. Yep. So it's like most of my articles. You um, gotta finish them. Yeah. You're a hockey dad though now, right? Yeah. So Oh yeah. 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 My my guy started when he was five, which I think is really late in yeah. Minnesota. Uh -huh. <laughs> so they, they were just born with skates here. Oh well, I think three yeah. is, right? Yeah. Three is start to skate. Yeah. My son's three in skates. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were a little late yeah. to the game. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm learning every day. I mean, I grew up always a fan of hockey, yeah. but being in a parent yeah. uh, in it is, I'm learning a lot. And yeah. It's an amazing world. Yeah. I'm loving every minute. That's of it. awesome. Yeah. Last last question for all, all you guys, because you guys got to go on TV here in a second. Um, But uh, I love the question at the press conference today about uh, uh goal songs. I mean, the the athletic we just did, we ranked the 32 goal songs in the NHL. Wild, actually, believe it or not, we're fifth, which shocked me. Uh, shout. 
mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully you hear, hear a bunch of times tonight at, yeah. at XL Energy Center. Um, what would be the uh, goal song, OAR? For us, our goal song is This Town. Yeah. It's a celebratory song. It's it's Any Town USA, but I think it's 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 now going to, hopefully, um, we're going to be hearing it here when we score goals against Team Corey Wong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what was really cool, Jerry? Like the uh, this town was actually at when when Valley Sports North was Fox Sports North. It went to commercial every single Twins game to this town. Yeah, yeah. and it wasn't it yeah. a big thing at the College World Series too. Yes. Yeah, it certainly was. This town. I, I honestly, we got to thank the Twins too because the Twins played this town a lot back mm-hmm. in the days. That's, rally yeah. music and stuff, and yeah. it was part of the College yeah. World Series and. You know, just really yeah. furthered and strengthened our bond with the sports world. Yeah, Corey, what would yours be? Well, there's a Wolfpack song that we have called Game Winner. It's normally, it's a basketball mm-hmm. kind of themed thing, but it's, it'd be a nice end of the, it's a nice uh, shootout end of the match song. It'd be perfect. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So, well, hey, th- guys, this was uh, awesome. Again, July 7th and 8th are the, the big charity event. It's crazy oh, wait, day. I have, to, I have yep. to mention Paul Fletcher's name yeah, on here yeah. or else. <laughs> I have to mention Paul Fletcher's name or else I get in trouble. Yeah, Paul. Uh, you guys I, get Fletcher, I get Madonna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I, you're not, you're not even going to believe this. Like, uh, like Paul, Paul Fletcher is shockingly good at hockey. Oh, like not, I've heard. Yeah, yeah I know. Like it heard. really is. I went and watched him play a beer league game once up in Maple Grove, and I was I was absolutely like almost. I thought I could not be him from the stands. It was, it was pretty good. So, um, it just dawned on me though. Like I actually hung out with Benji from your band and Richard on at the rooftop of union years ago with Paul Fletcher. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, just like, I don't know why that popped in. It was either after a twins game or after, uh, Basilica block party. So, well, Hey, thanks guys. Again, July 7th, 8th, crazy game of hockey. Uh, it's going to be July, uh, Pantages theater, it's going to be uh, the the game on July eighth, and then at the Armory, OAR and Corey Wong. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for really having appreciate us. It. Thanks. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Visit Directv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, my thanks to Mark Roberge and Jerry DePizzo of OAR and Corey Wong for joining this week's edition of Straight from the Source. It was a real thrill to sit down with them and do this podcast. Uh, I'm a huge, huge music fan, a huge fan of OAR. I've honestly seen them in concert probably 10 times. Uh, so really excited about sitting down with them. And uh, I've been listening to Corey Wong nonstop for the last week as well. So it just was an absolute thrill. And ever, hopefully everybody uh, will uh, look at getting tickets uh, to the three uh, charity of events that they're doing all encompassed in the July 7th and 8th events. Uh, it's going to be at the Pantages Theater, the uh, VIP event. Um, again, the Celebrity Hockey Game at Tree Rink on July 8th. And then July 8th, it everything wraps up with a uh, awesome OAR and Corey Wong concert. Two separate sets uh, over at the Armory. And again, all access uh, to all three events for $300 if you go to wild.com slash crazy game. So definitely check that out. Um, 
The Athletic Hockey Show returns this week on Wednesday. That's the podcast that I do with Jesse Granger and Rob Pisa. We took last week's off, but it, it uh, returns this week. So hopefully everybody will listen to that. And if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Right now, you have until basically Tuesday, I believe, to get the current promo of a dollar a month for 12 months. Again, a dollar a month. Um, actually, it might be a dollar a month for six months. So definitely check the fine print. Uh, but again, theathletic.com slash straight from the source and hurry because I believe it ends Tuesday. Thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, next week, we will be back with another edition of Straight from the Source. <laughs>